0: Eagles
1: Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro in Indianapolis, the site of the 2023 NFL scouting combine. We are squarely looking ahead now at this 2023 season, the 2022 season in the rearview mirror, of course, with some disappointments. After just such a great run, the Eagles falling short, of course, in Super Bowl 57. No longer are we looking back. We are looking ahead. The Eagles making some moves on Tuesday, rounding out the coaching staff for the most part, promoting Brian Johnson from quarterback coach to offensive coordinator. Uh, They are also moving Alex Tanney into that quarterback coach job he was an assistant quarterbacks coach last year so very smooth transition for Tanny, a former quarterback in the league for nine seasons with the chiefs giants bucks browns and titans philadelphia also bringing on board marcus brady senior offensive assistant who uh, was with the Colts. He was the former offensive coordinator there for two seasons. Also, the quarterback's coach there obviously has a great relationship with head coach Nick Sirianni. And then TJ Paganetti has been with the Eagles for eight seasons. Now his ninth year, he's been an offensive quality control coach. He's been a running backs coach as well. He's now the run game specialist and assistant tight ends coach. On the defensive side of the ball, Philadelphia naming Sean Desai, as the team's defensive coordinator. He was with Seattle last year as an associate head coach and also as a defensive assistant. He's been a defensive coordinator in Chicago. He's been around the league a while. Was at Temple University starting his coaching career uh, in the college ranks there. So we'll get to know Sean through the years here um, and, and we'll get to know what kind of defense he will bring to Philadelphia. So we've got a lot going on here. Of course, the scouting combine underway. Uh, Free agency starts in two weeks, the draft, geez, six weeks after that. So let's get things rolling for this Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group with a one-on-one interview on Tuesday with Eagles general manager Howie Roseman, who certainly has a lot on his plate. Howie, one of the messages that I'm hearing from you is that, hey, fans, you know, it, it may be different in this upcoming season, that's not necessarily a bad thing. So kind of prepare yourself. Am am I reading it right?
2: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, like the the formula we used to win a championship in 17 – wasn't the same formula we used to get back to the Super Bowl in 2022. And just because it doesn't look the same doesn't mean it can't be good. And so from our perspective, yeah, there's going to be change. You know, we have a lot of free agents, there's going to be change. And I think um, there's a lot of positives to where we're going. And I think that's based on a, a lot of a lot of consistency on the offensive side of the ball With guys who are under contract for a long time um, And I think that there there's obviously going to be change But based on the number of picks that we have And the young players that even last year From last year's effort of playing That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a bad thing And I just think um, for us um, to sit here And say we're going to resign all our free agents like We don't have the ability to do that um, I think it was unique what we had last year for that But we're going to try to figure out uh, another way here to do this. And, um, you know, we're not going to stop trying to compete. You, You always keep one eye on the now and one eye on the future. Can you emphasize a little bit what kind of
1: pieces in the future that you're looking at? Just so fans are really aware that it's not all about right now
2: yeah I think that at the end of the day like're we're, we're not well, we're not waving a white flag for twenty twenty three but any way shape or form not not with the team that we have and the players we have and the coaches that we have um that's not what we 're doing here, but I think that when we look at it from a big picture perspective you know we'll have three ones over the next two drafts we'll have three twos over the next two drafts um, we think You know, uh, we're probably going to have 12 picks in next year's draft. And um, um, there may be an extra three. There may be a, a bunch of fours. And so we have an ability to add talent to this team. That maybe isn't the veteran talent, the five, six, seven, eight year guys, but guys that can be and can grow with this team. And the veteran leadership that we have on our team continues to be there and is established, and um, you know continues to compete. You know, the young players can come play in this league, and and obviously we have a bunch of veteran players. So for us, I don't I don't view that necessarily as a negative. It's just different.
1: I'm sure you anticipated that JG would be a, a hot commodity, that Shane would be a hot commodity, as it has now turned out with with uh, Sean and with Brian. How do you feel about the coaching staff? And I know that it, uh, Nick spoke very highly about it as well.
2: Yeah, I think it starts with, with Coach Sirianni, you know, and uh, I feel like at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it's... So important that um, him and I, um, the relationship that we're, we have, I feel very fortunate to have with him, and it starts with us because it, when we have the same vision, you know, it's e- it's easy for us then to talk about that vision, and so that everyone's on the same page and how it's going to look, and um, I think it starts there with the head coach and the GM, and then making sure that we have good people around us, and um, you know, obviously the offensive staff, uh, we got a lot of uh, people that were part of the staff and had ready for bigger roles, and so. Uh, I I think there's a lot of consistency there on the offensive side of the ball and on special teams and you know on defense obviously there's some changes there um based on on jg and you know excited for those guys and the opportunity that those guys have coming in and um the vision that they have for our defense which you know will be with us and and the players that you know we bring to them
1: are there things from the 2017 going into 2018 season short off season That you take and can learn from and have and get to apply in this really truncated period of time.
2: Yeah. I love the word truncated, Dave. Thank you. Um, I think that, you know, when you look at it really, um, 2017, 2018, we had a ton of guys coming off major injuries and coming off major surgeries. So, you know, we're at least fortunate that we don't have that amount of guys rehabbing and it really affected our spring and our summer. And so I think for us, uh, understanding that our guys got to get away, they got to get some time. Our coaches need some time to get away. Um, and the way the schedule is, you know, they'll have that opportunity to do that, but at the same time um, you see um, after playing in the Super Bowl after losing the Super Bowl you know how teams have been affected by that and and not necessarily starting uh, as hot and digging themselves some holes so I think for us you know figuring out a way to start hot and um, continue some of the momentum that we had during our uh, last season and
1: then finally how he just building around Jalen and knowing now what he has become how does that make you feel?
2: It's, it's the key to your success, right? Uh, head coach, quarterback, huge keys to your success. I mean, you you can't win without those two pieces and obviously a lot of confidence in those guys. And I think that a lot of the building started last year. I felt like um, last year it was really um, intentional to make sure that he had really good players around him so his talents could shine. And, you know, we don't want to lose that.
1: Now, both Roseman and Nick Sirianni meeting the media on Tuesday. Sirianni talking about the coaching changes. Let's hear from him on Desai and on Brian Johnson and all the things that they will bring to this coaching staff and others. Nick Sirianni, some quotes that he has on Tuesday talking to the media about the Eagles' new look coaching staff. It
2: stands out about uh, Sean Desai?
3: Yeah, I think his just his overall knowledge of, of football, um, you know, his football IQ is, is extremely high. Uh, great detail, um, you know, he's just a really sharp, really sharp co- uh, coach, and um, you know, excited that he's on our staff. Brian Johnson, you guys also made it official now. You have Brian Johnson. What made you feel comfortable to elevate him from quarterbacks coach to? Shoot, you know, with Brian, I'm I'm in there with him every single day, and you know, with you know, seeing him work every single day, right? Um, seeing him with the quarterback, uh, with the quarterbacks, seeing him in game planning meetings, seeing him on the practice field, like, and so, you know, that, I thought that was the natural progression for us to to go that route, and uh, you know, his relationship with Jalen, and just Brian's a sharp, sharp uh, dude. He he. He is really I just. I lean on him for so many different things, and now he's now he's in charge of running the offense. up the scheme that
0: Sean bring to Philadelphia.
3: Yeah, you know, without you know, one thing that we definitely have now is what we had our first year going into it. Um, you know, you, we have a, a little bit of unknown now. They, whoever we play first game, can go and watch some of Sean's stuff. How's it going? Yeah, we can go, we can go watch some of Sean's stuff and. uh and from, from Chicago or even some of the things from uh, Seattle. But one thing that we have is uh, some uncertainty, again, going into that first game, so where you hide some things in preseason uh, football. And, then, and so not, not give everything away, but, you know, what I did like is some, you know, some of the similarities to the things that we do uh, that we've already been doing here on a very successful defense. Um, and so, um, you know, with, with different coverages, different uh, run blitzes, you know, things like that. What do you know about you Brian
2: and it, with that hire and how do you navigate the staff dynamics for guys who
3: did not get that job? Sure, yeah. You know, um again, my job was to go through the process and 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 just like we do with everything, cast a wide net and and get to know different people and get get to talk to different people and get to uh you know, see, you know, who is ready for the job and you know uh i think we interviewed a a really good group of guys and uh was really impressed by all of them actually um you know and just at the end of the day you know obviously you know some experience that that he that that sean's had calling it but also you know just i got to do what's best what i feel is best for the team and uh and i felt like sean was the best guy for the job what do you know about brian from a play calling perspective um, you know, obviously, this, you, and you go through it, he, he, taking us through and getting us to, you know, our first fifteen that he helps with the third down order that that he helped helped with the red zone order they help with the two minute calls that, that he helped with. You do all that work, and, and and you adjust during the game, obviously, but you do all that work. Monday through uh, Saturday to get yourself ready for the game. Put yourself in every position you possibly can. You know, two-minute um, scenarios, right? You you put yourself in as many positions as you possibly can, so you don't flinch when when it comes. You're practicing just like you practice, right? You practice um, to make sure that you're ready to roll in the game. It's the same thing with calling plays, and so you know he's been in that process. And you know, Brian's had some experience to calling it at the college level as well, um, but you know as you as you talk on the headset hey they're doing this we, we should look to do that i mean brian's brian was was doing that uh, all the time last year right it, it just you know when we're 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 talking on the on the headset trying to figure out the next series of plays and how we need to adjust you know so um, you know, again, he's he's done he's done he's done some of it uh, in the past as the as the coordinator in college, and then just the amount of things that we do together as an offensive staff, and all the things that Brian was involved in every one of those meetings to to, to put it together, and that's where a, a big chunk of it go, uh, of how you call the game go.
2: Deciding to promote Brian Johnson to offensive coordinator, was there an emphasis on maintaining stability for Jalen Hurts?
3: Yeah, I mean, the, what you're going to see with our offense is you're not going to see a, a lot of a lot of change. We're going to because you know myself Shane right i mean Brian like we we do it all together right and and obviously Shane will be gone there'll be little differences and little different ways that the game's called but the you know the way the offense is run with with everything is going to be exactly the same. The way our guys run routes are going to be the same. The way we brought block inside zone is going to be the same, you know, for for different looks that we get. The way we do our snap count, like, you're not starting – you're really not – you're just continuing to build, right? There is no Shane leaves, you do this and then you do this again. You just keep doing this because at the end of the day, like, I'm, I was hired as an offensive coach to bring the offense that I have run in and, the, and that – you know, and, and, my expertise in that. So I'll continue to do that. Um, it's just going to be a different guy calling the plays, but you know, it's still, you know, it's still business as usual. And we'll miss Shane. Um, Shane's an awesome coach as, as we just talked about. Um, but I know how many, how many good people we have in that building, you know, Jeff Stoutland, Kevin Petullo, right. Jamal Singleton, J- Jason, Michael, uh, Aaron Moorhead, Alex Tanny, right. TJ Pagnetti, Roy. Um, we, we have so many, see, and I said Roy, because I don't know how to pronounce his last name either. I've worked with him for, two years so um but like um we just have so many so many good good people there eric dickerson i don't want to forget anybody but working with that offense that are still in place that was what that was important to keep good people there because there's no doubt shane wanted to take some guys there but you know they're philadelphia eagles and they're philadelphia eagle coaches and my job is to keep good coaches in the building um because you know that's who touches the players every single day and help them get better and you know when you have good guys you know that you don't want it you don't when you have to start over you start over but when you have guy good guys there you want to you want to keep going and keep working and to keep things uh similar
1: desai is someone that hey we don't know a whole lot about but somebody who does Larry Meyer, who works for the Chicago Bears, he's been with them for many, many years, senior writer, works with, uh, had worked for a long time with Desai when Desai worked his way up the coaching ladder to become the defensive coordinator. So on Tuesday, I had a chance to speak to Larry about Sean and what he brings to Philadelphia from the perspective of what he showed the Bears for so many seasons. Larry, I think that you probably know Sean as well if not better than most um, in the league. Your, your initial thoughts of him becoming a defensive coordinator again for the Eagles?
0: I think it's a great decision. He's a very good coach and he's an even better human being. When you talk to the guy, you can see why. He's very respected in, among his players, even though he's kind of young. But what impresses me is that he was with the Bears for several years. He started at the very bottom of the, of the ladder, worked his way up. He was a disciple of Vic Fangio, which is always a good thing. And then when he got the job, all of his players were—a lot of the players wanted him to be the defense coordinator, and he's excellent. If you watch him at a press conference, my first thought was, like, that is a future head coach. He's going to be a head coach someday in the league. There's no doubt in my mind, and like I said, learning under Vic is a big thing, too. How did working
1: up the ladder help him connect with every player on the roster?
0: Well, I think, number one, he worked with guys from several through several years, and also that they saw the um, determination he had. This is a guy who I believe he has a doctorate degree from Temple University. He was used to teach at Temple University. He could have been a professor, a college professor, and he basically turned his back on that to start coaching at a very low-paying type of position and worked his way up. And he's, just, he's one of the most organized people that I've been around. And like I said, great guy, not arrogant in any way, down-to-earth, Again, his press conferences, we all know that coaches don't divulge a lot of information, but you could actually use a bunch of, everything he said was informative without giving anything away.
1: So I know fans are going to be into the press conference because they always are, but they're really going to be excited about what he brings to the defense. So he's inspired by Vic Fangio. Jonathan Gannon was inspired by Vic Fangio. I'm not sure you know much about what JG brought to Philly. Do you expect kind of a defense that doesn't want to blitz a lot, it doesn't want to give up the big play, wants to take the football away, wants to win with its front four or five.
0: Well, you just described Vic Fangio and Sean Desai exactly. Um, I don't follow the Eagles very closely, but that's exactly what I would say fans can expect because that's what they harp on, especially the takeaways. That's always been a big thing with Vic and obviously with Sean as well. And uh, like I said, I think the Eagles defense, will it's, all, it's already very good, but I think it's going to benefit from having Sean Desai around.
1: We have a lot of players potentially who are going to leave in free agency. We'll see what happens there. 2021. 2021. Um, that defense, six overall in the league, third against the pass, gave up some yards against the run. You can't win them all. What, was that, what impressed you about that defense?
0: I believe, like I said, the ability to get to the quarterback without blitzing is one big thing that the Bears have had when they've been successful, and I believe that was the case then. And I think Sean does a good job of analyzing the opponent and putting his guys in the best place to succeed, changing really his game plan from week to week. He's a very smart guy very smart you talk to him you don't feel like he's smarter than you though he's a good communicator like i said i think he will be a guy that wins press conferences not that that matters but i think like i said it's a good hire um i know he's with seattle for a little bit um their defense played well obviously and uh yeah i couldn't there's really not enough good things i could say about the guy
1: larry robert quinn had 18 and a half sacks in 2021 we saw him in 2022 not Nearly the player that he was, I guess, in 2021. What did he stand up a lot? Like, I'm trying to figure out is, is Hassan Reddick going to play that role of Robert
0: Quinn? What, how do they use Quinn? Yeah, he stood up a lot as an outside linebacker in that system. Um, he also, you know, on third downs, a lot in the base defense would put his hand in the ground. And the thing about Robert Quinn is just that he had an incredible get off the line and his he bends like no human I've ever seen in terms of his flexibility. and. I know, like, on the surface, a lot of people will say, well, he got sacks because Khalil Mack was on the other side. But Khalil Mack, I believe, only played six games that year, um, two years ago. Um, So it was, you know, people would double-team Robert Quinn, and he would still beat him. Yeah, he had a tremendous year, really. It's going to be interesting to see the the Eagles.
1: We have seven, eight, nine potential free agents. I don't know what Sean's going to be working with. Um, How would you suspect him if he has to work with a totally new group
0: of players? Would he change up the... The defense. I mean, you want to run your defense according to what your personnel does well, right? I really can't speak for him, but I would say he would probably do a mix. He's obviously going to want to keep his principles involved, but he's also not going to put a square peg in a round hole. He's going to want to do what's best for the team and what for the specific players. And I don't think he's one of these gruff old old time coaches who's like, "This is my system and we're running it." I think he could smart enough to adapt to what he has there. And obviously, there's a lot of talent on the Eagles' defense.
1: There is among some circle of fans in the media. a a, such an affection for blitzing in philadelphia
0: do you guys get that in chicago oh of course it's all about aggressive defense i mean obviously as you know our quarterback situation hasn't exactly been the best since uh, world war ii let's just say so um yeah it's all about uh running backs the running game and ground and pound on the ground and tough physical defensive football with blitzing and um chicago bears have been known more for middle linebackers per se than blitzing but yeah everybody wants aggressive defense that batters the other team knocks the quarterback out and takes the ball away
1: that's what the reason I ask is because even though Gannon's defense did so well last year really was at times polarizing the fans not happy with that so I guess the question is will Sean how will he be with that kind of criticism or that kind of scrutiny and and will he dial it up every now and then
0: um like I said I can't really speak for what he's going to do but I just No, like I said, that I think that he's going to tailor it for what the defense likes. And It's interesting you said that because everybody talks about the 85 Bears being the quintessential defensive team. And that was a team known for blitzing. Buddy Ryan loved getting after people, bringing the house. The next year after Buddy went to Philadelphia to become the head coach, Vince Tobin came in. And Vince was a lot more passive. And the players didn't like playing for it. The fans hated it. But if you look at the stats, aside from sacks, in terms of points and yards and all that stuff, they were actually better in 1986 under Vince Tobin, but they weren't as dominant, and they didn't take the ball away as much. So I know you're obviously sacrificing something when you blitz because then you have one-on-one situations you might get beat on and you need a good secondary. But, uh, yeah, it's just it's an interesting dichotomy there. But I, I think Sean will do what's best for the team.
1: Well, that's be- what happened was Buddy came to Philly, and that generation of fans fell in love with the blitz. Right. And they never won a playoff game under Buddy Ryan.
0: I heard someone say... That knows Philadelphia, that the fans love Buddy Ryan and don't really like Andy Reid, and that was kind of puzzling to me, given the success of both guys as head coaches. I'm not sure if you can confirm or deny that.
1: I will say a no comment on that okay. one, Larry. Uh, but Sean, are you you're, you're you're um you're giving us a thumbs up on on Sean?
0: Absolutely, 100. I'm very confident in him. He worked with lesser talent before and was successful. And like I said, the players really. He seems to be a player's coach. The players really enjoy He also seems like the guy that will listen to what players say and kind of take that into account.
1: And finally on this Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group, as I was coming over to the Combine, ran into Adam Kaplan, Sirius XM NFL Radio's Adam Kaplan, been a longtime friend of the podcast here, does his own podcast, uh, does a great job with Jeff Mosher. Uh, just an overview of the Eagles, the new coaches, and uh, just where the Eagles might go in this 2023 offseason. Adam Kaplan, welcome to the Scouting Combine. For, for me, it feels like there's been no offseason. There
4: really hasn't been. Um, how you doing? Good, Matt, my friend. I'm good, glad to see you here in Indy. And, uh, yeah, look, it's the Super Bowl. It seemed like it just happened. And then here we are, at my 22nd Combine.
1: All right, so let's talk about the Eagles here. I, I don't think there's a, a real reason to look back. Um, your thoughts on, on what is on
4: the plate of Howie Roseman and Nick Siriani in a very, very short period of time here? Well, uh, for Nick, obviously, is the, the revision to the coach staff for the guys who left. They have to get through that and get it all acclimated. Then for Howie Roseman and, and his group, they've got a lot of meetings here uh, in Indy to get through the combine. That's really what Howie and G- GMs typically do. They're meeting with the agents and trying to see who they can bring back. Yeah, it's not as much as uh, a, a who the Eagles going to draft here. It's how do you get your house in order with free agency
1: just a couple of weeks away? All right, so, Adam, let's talk about the coaching staff. Brian Johnson, the offensive coordinator. Uh, look, Doug did great work with, with Jalen Hurts.
4: Great relationship with Jalen. He'll call the plays. Your thoughts on him? And don't forget, he did call plays at the University of Florida. Dave, I think that's important that he's not a novice at it. You like that he's got the ongoing relationship um, with Jalen Hurts, who he's known for many, many years. And they'll continue that relationship. And I'm looking forward to seeing how he does as the man at the center of the offense.
1: There's a, an additional, so Marcus Brady comes in as a senior assistant,
4: uh, worked with the Colts, was the offensive coordinator there. What can you tell us about him? Yeah, Marcus was a guy that Frank Reich had as his offense coordinator, didn't call the plays. Uh, he left there. Uh, he knows Sirianni. They, they've known each other for a while. It's a good young coach who, I don't know, a lot of people thought earlier in his career, he could be a head coach someday. So this is, this is yet again... Nick, Sirianni understanding who the good coaches are and bringing them here. So, I guess early thoughts here. How much does the offense change? It's a great question, Dave. Every play caller has their own sort of rhythm to to doing it. Uh, I, I don't believe we're going to change here in terms of throwing the football. They're going to be somewhat of a heavy pass team. I don't think that's ever going to change. We also have to see in free agency who the running backs are going to be. We know Candy Gamble's going to be back and. Just remember this name, Trey Sermon. I know it's a guy that uh, the staff likes, and we're looking forward to seeing him in the spring.
1: Oh, no, I've had many conversations with the coaches about Trey. He had two carries last year, really interesting. Two good carries against the Jaguars, didn't really play much the rest of the year, but kind of kept his head in the game. Big kid, 215 pounds. Adam seemed like he learned his lesson, and I talked to him a bunch, from what happened in San
4: Francisco. just felt like maybe he didn't have the urgency in San Francisco that he needed to have that's exactly what happened in fact I think if we go back to the training camp before he got cut, he kind of came in thinking like he had the job and he didn't and Kyle Shanahan let him know that and he eventually got released but he's a pretty gifted kid uh had a great I think it was a senior ball game if I'm not mistaken uh all-star game and he's a guy who's got a lot of talent and look the Eagles do need size of a running back Adam let's shift over to the defensive side of the ball coaching staff Sean to say
1: will be the defensive coordinator here he had a year in chicago as the dc he was in seattle last year as an assistant and a, i guess a senior assistant the numbers in chicago didn't jump out it wasn't a great personnel
4: grouping i mean what do we know about sean to say sean had one year as you said dave as a defense coordinator with the bears and remember he's the vic fangio disciple this is a guy that Vic liked a lot, and he did replace him when Vic became the head coach of the Broncos. So he's a relatively young guy. For the locals, he did coach at one time at Temple. He's very well respected. And this is a guy that uh, is going to get a chance here. And I, I like that they're keeping the continuity going with his scheme.
1: All right, Adam, in a matter of, what, uh, two weeks, the Eagles and the rest of the NFL, they'll be able to engage in legal negotiations with agents of players. This is remarkable that it's happening so quickly. Big picture
4: here. You expect a lot of Eagles on the current roster to leave? I think, so. Dave, some will leave. There's no question about it. Uh, as Howie Roseman said at this season-ending press conference, it's impossible to resign everybody. But in the end, Dave, some will stay, some will leave. I don't think this is going to be a heavy situation where, oh, my gosh, they have 20 for agents, 15 are leaving. I don't see it like that. But I will tell you, some names you go, well, I can't believe that guy left. That's going to happen. That's, that's going to happen.
1: I guess Eagles fans want to know, hey, can th- this roster that was just so good top to bottom last year,
4: can Howie do it again? Yeah, because, look, he, he always has a plan. When you're really strong with the Lions, offensive defense, you yeah, always have a chance. They have their quarterback. I'm not worried, Dave, about the offense. The offense could be fine, really good. It's defensively you got a new coordinator. You've got some moving parts. You've got some guys who are going to be leaving. Guys are getting older. You just, you don't know. Well, the, people could say what they want about John. Again, the numbers speak for themselves.
1: Yeah, there, there's certainly a sense of the unknown. You let's talk about some of the players on offense. Miles Sanders, Isaac Sayamalo, Zach Paschal. Um, replaceable players. I, I think Sayamalo really had a solid season at right guard. Cam Jurgens potentially could be the right guard if Kelsey comes back. You see that happening. If, if Jason decides to come back, that
4: Jurgens could slide over there to right guard. Or, hey, maybe, maybe. Eagles make a pitch to keep Say Malo. And Dave, remember, Jergens got cross-trained this past season. I don't know how much he got at a guard, but the thing about Jergens is though he's he only played center for two years at Nebraska. Tremendous athlete for the position, but inexperienced on the offensive line. It's gonna be hard to resign Say Malo. He he might be, Dave, he might be the top available guard in free agency. Think about that. These guys get paid. You saw what Big V got ten million three years ago. Ten million a year. Big V. So if you get to free agency, you get paid. And then Isaac Samalo, uh, he's the starter. And then Andre Dillard,
1: a, a backup first-round draft pick, also will hit the market. You think a team out there goes
4: big on Andre? No, he got did get some reps at guard. He finally gave in. And, yeah, look, he's a left tackle. How many left tackles over four first-round picks get to free agency? Just, it just doesn't happen. This guy's athletic. He's got talent. He just does not have enough tape behind him. But he'll get a decent deal out there. A lot of running backs set to hit the market.
1: So what does that running back, potentially unrestricted free agency market look
4: like? It, it, it's super deep. Well, Tony Pollard is going to be staying with the Cowboys, but the leverage goes with the clubs, clubs that have their own free agents at running back, or if you're trying to sign one, it's it's definitely a buyer's market. And, and and also, we should mention, Dave, the draft is very deep, so this is a year if you don't have that guy, you could go get one.
1: Adam, I think the defense, look – terrific job but at all three levels there are questions we don't know where Howie's thinking but can you give us a little sense of where the eagles are cap wise and what kind of
4: flexibility they might have yeah my understanding is flexibility wise they are going to be okay it's not going to be a super aggressive time because don't forget dave they want to resign some of their own free agents and that counts so i think they'll be selective this time i don't think this could be super heavy uh it's just it's just a matter of which top guys you could bring back as, as Howie said, it's impossible to sign everybody, and they're going to have to say goodbye to some good players. But one thing I do know about Howie and the organization, I'm talking about guys early in their prime, they just don't let guys walk. That that's their history, and one of the things I admire about the Eagles. So one of those guys early in his prime is the quarterback Jalen Hurts. Adam, what's what's the
1: kind of the big picture here? Where do the Eagles go with this? That I know that look in Cincinnati, Joe Burrow is eligible for an extension. Los Angeles, Justin Herbert eligible for an extension. Lamar Jackson's out there potentially. This is a very volatile quarterback market all of a sudden.
4: Yeah, there's no question about it. And the timing of, because we know the Eagles want to get this done, but does, does Hertz and uh, his agent, Nicole Lynn, want to get it done quickly? You mentioned there's, there's two guys, Burrow and Herbert. You know, if the, if they get done first, the Eagles and Hertz aside will at least have the landscape of what the top of the market is. Now the Ravens, you mentioned Lamar Jackson, right now they've said they're not trading him. Now, you never I always say never say never in this business. But he's a guy who's just not able to get what he wanted. But we kind of know what the numbers could look like. And Dave, when you and I were starting cover the league several decades ago, if a guy got a deal for 15, 18 million a quarterback, you'd be like, oh my goodness gracious. Now they can get Two and a half times as so much yeah. per season. It's amazing and it really alters the flexibility that you have. Although the cap does rise this year. Big. It's actually this is the first year of the big TV money in 2023. The clubs prepared for this. The cap has never been bigger. I mean this this is great. This is actually great for clubs and great for players. Alright, so I do want to get your thoughts on the Eagles with the draft capital that they have, the pick
1: number 10, pick number 30 in rounds number in round number one, six picks overall. Uh, what does that mean
4: for how we moving forward? It gives them flexibility. It's also to group some, some other picks that they lost. No question about it. It gives them maneuverability. And also, Dave, here's another thing. I'm not saying he would do this, but let's just let's say a player that they have on their board, like they trade up for Devonte Smith. That's a great example. If a guy's two picks away, you have that ability to trade up, and that helps you to get that difference maker. Right. And that look, this is a draft. Maybe Dave, the next time I'm on your show, this is not a super super elite talented group. They're typically 12 to 15 true first-round picks in each draft. Look, you have to have 32 or 31 sometimes. But the fact of the matter is the Eagles are in a good spot at number 10. And the quarterbacks always
1: get overvalued. So you feel like there are six or seven other kind of difference-making players in this draft?
4: Yeah, there's, there, there are actually some defensive linemen. There's some corner, there, this is a good cornerback gra- draft. It's actually really good, but it doesn't have a sauce gardener, to be clear. So if you think you're getting Sauce guard in this draft, you're not. But you're getting one run below, which is actually going to be pretty good.
1: So it's deep at cornerback. It's deep at
4: defensive line. It's deep at tight end. Deep at running back. Anywhere else? Wide receiver, it's not great. Uh, O-line, it's, it's in pretty good shape. Uh, now, of course, with the combine and, and private uh, pro day workouts and visits and all that, we'll get a better idea of how these guys fill in. But the good thing is the Eagles' needs kind of measure up with what's out there.
1: Adam, we can expect a bunch of the rumor mills to begin really kicking into overdrive this
4: week. Oh, yeah, that's Dave, that's why I'm here. Uh, that's why I'm up late usually when I'm here. Don't get a lot of sleep, but I'm glad to be here. My 22nd combine, it never changes. You see coaches and executives walking uh, late at night. Although, some, st- by the way, some staffs are actually not coming out. or some coaching staffs. We should make that clear. Adam, thanks so much. Thank you.
1: So that will do it for this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group from Indianapolis, Indiana the site of the 2023 scouting combine i'm eagles insider dave spadaro thanks to peter kelly kira mahoney for putting it all together hey thanks to howie too for giving me a few minutes there i really enjoyed that and uh, everyone in the media relations department and of course ray doyle who's done such a great job here publishing and promoting and getting this podcast up and running and of course all of you who are turning the page looking ahead with great anticipation to the 2023 Eagles season. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks for joining everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. And go Birds! E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!